Welcome to the Flower Lovers Podcast. I'm your host, Ann Stocky, a former flower shop owner, floral designer, experienced gardener, and flower teacher. And I'm really excited to help people like you, the average everyday flower lover, get really good at flowers. Whether you're a longtime flower person looking for inspiration or you're just beginning, this is a great place for you. With over 23 years of floral experience, I'll be here each week to teach, share, inspire, and motivate you to create florals for your home efficiently with confidence. Consider this your weekly dose of flower school. Count on me to help you create pieces you love with the right tools, resources, and step-by-step instruction. If you want to know which flowers to buy, when and where to buy them, and how to use them for your next party or event, your next family dinner, or just hanging by the fireplace with your dogs, I'm your gal. Want to get good at flowers? Join me for flower class starting now on the Flower Lovers Podcast. Hey there, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the Flower Lovers Podcast. Or if this is your first episode, just welcome in. Happy to have you. This is episode two, the March vase episode, also titled Two Vases and One Planter. So I've got uh, two things to say before we start. Uh, Number one is, whoa, the first episode. If you listened, you might have noticed that thing is chock full of all the information. Now, I beta tested it on my core flower group, and the consensus was that 60 minutes of flower info is just a bit too much to hold on to for kind of the average flower lover. So the request has been for shorter episodes less info so you guys can get really focused and remember and stay tuned in. So moving forward, most episodes will be about 20 to 30 minutes long, which is difficult for me because I do feel the need to tell you all the things. After so many years in the floral industry, my flower teaching barometer might be stuck on level 10. And what I'm hearing is most of you, even the flower people, actually want like level four or five. So I'm bringing it on down to level four. It's still going to be full of ideas and inspiration and hints and tips and teaching. But to use a fishing metaphor, I'm going to let the line out a little at a time instead of all at once. Does that sound good? Okay. Special thanks to the beta testers on that one. The number two thing I want to tell you before we start is that I've been busy creating some good learning and beautiful floral and plant images on Instagram at and the flower teacher. I'm hoping to send you guys kind of back and forth with the current posts supporting what I'm talking about here on the podcast so you can have some quick visual information, especially if that's how you learn best. I am a visual creative and I learn through visual quite quickly. So I understand if you need the pictures, especially with flowers. Right now, as I look at the feed, I'm looking at ranunculus, tulips, hydrangea, reindeer moss, mimosa acacia, which is bright yellow, hellebore, which is white and green, moth orchids, which are green and hot pink, and daffodils, which are yellow. There are also some shots of plants at my house. So if you listen to the last episode you can see that lots of the items on episode one's flower lists are pictured on the Instagram feed. Hop over and take a look at Ange, the flower teacher. Can you hear that dinging? That is my son, Layton, sending a note saying, be here at three (laughs) o'clock. He would like to get, and here he is again. He would, yes, okay, Layton. He would like to be picked up at three o'clock. Everybody good on that? Okay, so, um, (laughs) Sorry for that tiny distraction, but that is just like a little 
visual into my life today. Okay, so that's two things. Now, I'm um, also wanting to tell you what you guys are going to hear in this short episode so you can kind of decide, is this worth your time? Uh, the, the things that I'm going to talk about in this episode. First, I'm just going to tell you that I want you guys to get really good at your vases and I'm going to help you get really good at your vases. So if you don't even know what I'm talking about, just listen in. You'll see. That's what this episode is for. It's step one in the overall goal of you getting really good at vases. Okay. I'm going to give you guys um, the second thing I want to tell you is, or the second thing I'm going to do I'm going to give you a three-step process to set the stage for getting good at vases. In order to do anything new or different in our lives, it's really helpful to kind of prepare for the change. So setting the stage for something new is part of preparing for success. If you want to become a marathon runner, for instance, there are a couple things you're going to want to do to get ready. If you want to go from always being late to always being five minutes early, you got to set the stage. You'll hear me talk about setting the stage and preparing for success a bunch, whether that's just mentally setting the stage or physically taking action. Setting the stage is key. Okay, the third thing that you're going to learn in this episode, I'm going to tell you about two vases that I like to have on hand for the spring season. That's it, two vases. Well, secret, secretly, there's actually also going to be a planter, but let's just say two vases for now. And just so you know, in my head, I'm thinking, wait, maybe I should do five vases. But no, I'm just going to go deep on two vases. Beta testers, I'm listening to you. I'll tell you guys what the vases look like, the dimensions, how I would use it with spring flowers, where you can get it or something like it, how much it costs, how I clean it, and how I store it. That's it. That's what I'm going to tell you this episode. I better start because I only have like 15 minutes left. So, um, okay, first, the main goal of the vase episode here is to help you guys get really good at vases. I want you to have vases that you like, vases that make sense that you know that you have, and that you know how to use. I want you to have vases that you have experience with so you're not always reinventing the wheel and so you get confident about your design abilities with each vase. I bet you've never really thought about this before. I mean, most people probably haven't. I'm just going deep on vases. What would it feel like to have one or two vases that you became an expert at using? And what if you became an expert at it every season? So no matter what the season, you had a go-to vase with a go-to design for that season. That's the kind of situation where people start feeling really confident. So join me, join me here. Join me for this conversation about vases and let's start getting really good at vases. So, okay, here we go. We're, we're moving right into the three-step process for getting good at vases. I made it up myself. Step one, decide you want to get good at vases. Decide you want to be a person that's really good at vases and designing with certain vases. You don't have to be good at designing with all the vases or with all the flowers. Just decide you are going to learn about a certain kind of vase each month that this lady, Ann Stocky, says you could get good at. You could maybe kind of become an expert with each of these vases. So start here. Just begin one vase at a time. Step one is decide that you are going to be a person that gets good at some vases this year. Number two, the second step in my three-step process, start looking around for vases that you like. Look around for vases that look good in your home. Look for shapes, colors, feelings, and textures that bring you joy. Like that little Marie Kondo says, if it doesn't spark joy, no go. Although that being said, there are some vases, basic styles, that probably don't spark joy like immediately when you see them. But when I teach you how and why they are awesome, 
they will start to spark joy because you will feel empowered to use them. And you'll have experience creating things easily with them. For now, just open your eyes to the world of vases and urns and containers. See what's out there. See what feels good. Just become aware. Number three, the third step in the process. Listen to this podcast. Follow the Instagram post. Take the free trainings. Sign up for a class or two when they are available. Get a couple of the vases recommended and design with them as suggested. After years of teaching thousands of people, I do have some good information that's like tried and true. This podcast is free teaching, you guys, free learning. Get involved, try it out, dive in. Well, I got a bonus step. That was step number three, but I actually have a bonus step. Start talking to other flower lovers about vases and flowers that they love. What are their favorites and why? Go to a flower shop and ask the design team, what's their favorite flower vase and why? What do they use for quick, easy design? What kinds of flowers do they love to use? They work with flowers every day. What do they like? Okay, that's the three-step process to becoming good at vases with a bonus step. Everybody likes a bonus. My friend Betsy, she says bonus dollars. Every time we say the word bonus, she says bonus dollars. So sometimes I think it's a bonus dollar step. You just get extra. Okay, let me just recap that real quick. Number one is decide. Number two is start looking around at vases. Number three is take advantage of this free learning. Listen to the podcast, start doing some of the recommended or gently suggested homework. With that, it's time to dive into the vases for spring. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Okay, number one spring vase is a vase you can find at Walmart or Michael's and several other large crafty stores. You can find it on Amazon. It's a five inch clear glass, low cylinder vase. It's not tall. In fact, it's pretty short. It's five inches. So it's like five inches by five inches with a heavy bottom so it won't topple. Uh, two years ago, I purchased three of them at Walmart. They are made by a company called Libby, and they were super inexpensive. Why did I buy three? If something is inexpensive and good-looking, I often purchase three so I can create a lineup of my flower arrangements on a table. Why do I, why do, I do that? Well, if you have a longer rectangular table that you need to dress for an event, you can quickly make the same arrangement in three or five vases and set them up and down the table. This is good for multiple reasons. First, if you're not a professional florist, you can easily create four, five, or six of the same thing, especially if it's just like 13 tulips cut low and placed in a vase. This vase I'm talking about, it does very well with 13 tulips in it. I have practiced and I highly recommend you do all flower arranging one or two days before you host a party. Imagine this. Now I'm going to have you guys think. Everybody get really creative in your brain. Picture this. You're hosting a spring brunch for moms on a Saturday morning, and you're kind of doing your planning. You're planning for this Saturday morning spring brunch. You've invited 15 moms, and you know 10 are going to show up. The day before the party is when you want to do your flowers, and the day before that is when you actually want to buy your flowers, and the couple days before that is when you want to plan your flowers. So you're kind of like doing this planning stuff, this flower planning stuff, five days ahead of time. So the day before the party, you set up two rectangular banquet tables and you cover them and set them, put the tablecloths on them, just get them ready. They can be ready early, right? You do the flowers that same day. 
you easily set either two or three short, chubby cylinders chock full of, let's say, magenta pink tulips on each table. This is the day before the party. You design them on this day, the day before the party, so they were ready to go. And your flower mess gets all cleaned up by the next day. You're not even thinking about flowers. You're maybe thinking about hosting and maybe getting the food out and whatever you're going to wear or what the music's going to be. How easy was that? I mean, pretty easy. With a little pre-thinking and having vases you already know how to use, having vases that you can count on, it makes it so much easier to entertain. It makes your event more enjoyable. It takes stress out of it. Everything's just a little more fun, efficient, and doable. My vision for your spring bunch is you getting your 5 by 5 clear glass cylinders pretty quick, pretty soon here, and practicing with at least two of them. I would buy three bunches of tulips and give it a go. Just plain regular tulips. I mean, buy whatever tulips you want. But if you want it to be inexpensive and you kind of want to do a practice, you can buy plain tulips. You could even give them away. But practice at least so you're ready to go before your event. You could do it today or this weekend. You might be saying, wait a minute, Ange, am I required to have a spring brunch now? Is that what's happening? You don't have to. You don't have to have a spring brunch. But why not? You know, collectively, I think as a society right now, we just came out of a really tough time. It was rough. People are lonely. People are still, whoa, so disconnected. People are kind of sad. Of all the time I've been alive on the earth, I'm pretty sure now is the time to host a spring brunch. It's time to reconnect and celebrate. And it's especially awesome if you have a home or office where it's easy to entertain. If that's you, consider being the one who creates a beautiful space for people to connect and reconnect. And of course, I want you to use flowers. So you guys might think, whoa, she is on a tangent. But secretly, I did not go off on a tangent. Secretly, part of this podcast is about connecting people. Part of the purpose of this podcast is for you listeners to get so confident about your flower abilities that you will want to create spaces with your flowers that reach many people, not just you. People feel better around flowers and they don't even know it. Flowers make people feel good. If you have them, what if you shared them? Like at a spring brunch. Okay, I'll move on. But it's likely I will be gently encouraging you to not only enjoy these flowers for yourself, but I will encourage you to share the flower love. Perhaps many of you already do. It's likely that lots of you who are here are also brilliant entertainers. Okay, back to the vases and the flowers. I want you guys to take note. We are talking about spring flowers. So if you listen to this, like in late summer, tulips might not be as affordable or available, which is why this episode is about great vases for spring flowers. That's the focus. Late summer, I'm going to dial you guys up with some other awesome vases. But for now, once you think in spring, tulips are fairly affordable by the bunch in the spring. Okay, so that vase that I just talked about, that clear glass cylinder, five inches by five inches, that's like spring vase number one. And I recommend buying three or five of them. I mean, three to five of them. They are awesome for entertaining. And if you're worried you won't be able to use them later, never fear. These chubby cylinder vases will make another appearance here on the podcast in other seasons. You'll actually be using these vases a bunch. They are a stock or standard vase I believe you should have in your collection. 
They're easy to clean in the dishwasher or by hand. They're affordable. They're sturdy. They work well if you're delivering them. And they are easy to design in. And they're easy to use for all kinds of color palettes to create different kinds of feelings. Serious, fun, light, romantic, birthday, and of course, spring ladies brunch. Let's go. Okay, that vase will forever be described as the low chubby cylinder. Because when you see it, you're like, oh, it's such a cute little low chubby cylinder. It makes um, cute low chubby arrangements. So that's how we will refer to it. If you want to see this vase in action, you can see it on Instagram full of yellow tulips, or you can see me design in it by watching the free tulip training video where I show you how to use multiple types of vases using tulips right in my kitchen. I know that's where the majority of people put flowers together. So that's where I filmed this very casual training. You can get that free training at www.anstocky.com forward slash tulip training. It's all about using the basic tulips from the grocery store. Vase number two, are you guys ready? This vase is a tiny, heavy, clear glass little cutie, and you can find it at Joanne Fabrics for about $7, except right now it's 40% off. Joanne Fabrics is not paying me to say this, but um, I've looked it up a couple different times in the last two weeks, and it's been on sale for a while. It's, I don't know, like probably $4.77. Um I first purchased this vase years ago from Target, actually, and it was made by Hearth and Hand by Joanna Gaines, but Target doesn't carry it, and they don't carry it anymore, and now I've found it at Joanne Fabrics, and it's a very specific little vase. It's like a miniature cylinder, except it's like, it's kind of like it's gotten squashed in and it has more of like a 1.5 inch opening. It's a unique shape and you can see an image of it on Instagram. I'm going to call this face the favorite all around clear glass cutie because it is my favorite all around clear glass cutie. The secret trick to getting good at vases is having a couple vases with very small mouths for when you only have a blossom or two and you want to accent with a couple stems of something green from trees and shrubs outside to indoor greens or indoor blooming plants. The link is in the show notes. That means if you really want the link for it, you can go to anstocky.com and there'll be notes underneath where we play the podcast. And so there's a link to go to find or to get this face. Five reasons I like this face. Are you ready? Number one, it's heavy and solid. I can put a bunch of stuff in it and it won't tip. It has a low center of gravity. Number two, it requires very little to look great. Small, short blooms from the garden, which if you're a gardener, you know how often you have short stemmed blooms that you really want to like showcase. Number three, This vase fits in a windowsill or mantle very well. If you have a tiny mantle, get two of them because, you know, one of our future podcast episodes is going to be about five things I want you to do to refresh your fireplace mantle each season. And for those episodes, you're going to want two of these little cuties like ready to go. The small size of this vase is also perfect for a couple blooms to sit by your bedside table. Often bedside tables get full of things and there's really no room for flower arrangements, but what a perfect place to put a little flower. This is uh, like a non-toppling bedside vase. It's very small and low. And if you have two, one for your side and one for your partner's side, that makes it all the better. Number four, in episode one, I talk about how you can focus on one main spot for your flowers and then maybe have the extra flowers go in a tinier vase for bedside, bathroom, or windowsill. 
This vase is perfect for that. And the number five reason I really like this little vase, if you love giving flowers, this vase is perfect for you. It's affordable and it doesn't break the bank when you are filling it. And whoever gets this vase will thank you forever because you can send them to this flower podcast and flower community where I will continue to show people how to use this very specific vase. If I had my own brand, this vase would be like a brand staple. I would always have it. So you get it, this vase. Please get two or even three. It is a complete winner. Now, how to use this face in the spring, specifically in the spring? Five tulips. I'm going to put that image on Instagram. Put five tulips in there. Number two, blooming plants at your house. Cut a couple blossoms like hellebore. Oh my gosh. Image on Instagram. Take a look. Jasmine, image on Instagram. Take a look. Three roses with seeded eucalyptus in this cutie. I don't have that image right now, but I will at some point. One sitting Gerber daisy or three Gerber daisies in here. It looks like a little puff of happiness. And a simple one, a simple idea here. Fill it with mini mums, like tiny little mums, or blue thistle to create like a tiny texture ball. Oh my gosh, guys, so cute. All the ways. This vase is just a solid. Click the link in the show notes and get yours today. If Joanne Fabrics runs out, I will have to get a hold of the company that makes them and start selling them because this vase is my forever friend. And don't even get me started on how you can use this vase for the spring ladies brunch. Okay, that was uh, two vases. And I, I really, I have one last one. It's the bonus vase for the episode. I'm really into bonuses. Okay, so that was two vases. And I really, I really have to tell you about one last vase. It's the bonus vase for the episode. It's more... A container, actually. It's a stone rabbit planter. And when I say planter, it means that it was meant for planting in with dirt. There's a hole with drainage in the bottom. It's light gray. It's made of cement or gray clay or something. I saw this rabbit planter online and I just had to have it. I don't have too many things at my house that are, I don't know, I guess cutesy. I'm not, it's not really cutesy. And I'm not, I'm not sure this rabbit is particularly cutesy, but he is a solid little fella. At the time of this recording, he has a four-inch potted fern dropped in the top, which I think I've already put on Instagram. But the next thing I'm going to do is put a cup or container in the planter and fill it with flowers. I plan to use this for Easter somehow, somewhere. This gray stone rabbit looks like he's sitting in the grass. He's kind of chubby. He's all gray. There's an opening in the top of where his little back would be. And man, I love this little fella. And you're probably wondering, whoa, she is really excited about this rabbit. But I wrote four reasons down why I really, this is like a really helpful container to have. Number one, it's got a little personality, but it's not too loud. Sometimes the people making this stuff get a little out of control. I'm sorry to say, it's not a white rabbit wearing a pink bonnet standing up talking to another rabbit. He's not wearing a striped Easter outfit and giving carrots to his rabbit friends. They haven't turned him into a, like a human standing up rabbit. He's a solid, gray, chubby, simple little rabbit. He's sitting there like he would be if he was in the garden. He's not too much. He's just right. Enough to give the space, uh, our space here, a little personality for Easter. But it's not screaming Easter. I like to let the flowers be the star of the show most often. So my containers are a bit more subtle. But you do you. You do you. Either way, consider some kind of container that's got a little bit of personality. Start looking around, become aware of what you like and aware of what you don't and what would go well in your home. 
Okay, the number two reason I like this darling rabbit. I like, number two, I like the size of the opening on the top. It fits a red Solo cup that I can fill with water and then flowers. I can use wet floral foam if I want to. I could use just water or I could use some chicken wire to design in. Also, it fits a four-inch potted plant that I can grab at the grocery store at any time. Number three, I like that he can be outdoors or indoors. Outdoors on a table with herbs growing, outdoors down low in a garden full of moss, indoors in your plant section, or as a centerpiece full of flowers in springtime. Number four, having a container or statue with eyes in a part of your house makes that part of your home lookable interesting, attractive. I think I say this in one of the trainings when I'm talking about my little lady statue, but I'm pretty sure that's in the tulip training. I'm ta- I talked to you about my little lady statue, but when I learned about merchandising for the flower shop, one of the teachers talked about how every section in your shop could have some kind of eyes looking out at you. Your eyes, your eyes are invited to look at another set of eyes, when you see it like in a huge grouping or in some sort of a grouping of things, it might seem a little creepy, but it actually does live in a space that needs a little fresh energy. You guys, how's that? Short episode. I loved it. Two vases, one rabbit. You guys are ready to go. You're on your way. You've got the five by five clear glass cylinder. You've got the small clear glass vase from Joanne Fabrics and the one gray stone rabbit. And actually I'm putting a link on in the show notes to get a gray stone rabbit and it's this gray stone rabbit at Amazon. I just found it. You'll see and hear more about those as time goes on if you become an avid listener and learner here at the Flower Lovers podcast. Since we're at the end, you guys might be wondering, okay, she just gave us a bunch of information. What is our homework? Because every time I'm probably going to give you some homework. Can you guess what your homework is? For the people who are here for just simple inspiration, and you you probably have tons of containers, you're already a floral expert, I'm thinking your homework is figuring out what's the best date for that spring ladies luncheon or brunch and deciding what you're going to serve. Because some of you ladies and maybe gentlemen, you're already on your way. You're already ordering all the spring all around cutie. You are trying to figure out if you already have a five by five, and if so, should you get more? And you probably already know where you're going to find your tulips. And for the people who are a little bit newer to the flower world, you guys want to start practicing and you want to get better at vases. And this probably sounds doable, right? So for you guys, your gently suggested homework for me is to get one of the vases I've discussed above and just begin. And it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, I hope you're okay with not being perfect about it. I want you to get okay with Not only not being perfect, but maybe making a mistake or two. What if you did that? Would that be okay? I think it is. Let's get okay making some mistakes. Because then you'll actually start it. So get the cylinders as inexpensively as you can, and then get two bunches of tulips. And if you want a little help, then watch the tulip training. You'll feel like you've gotten some really clear teaching if you go watch that tulip training. I've mentioned it before. It's at anastaki.com forward slash tulip training. It's casual. It's for the everyday flower lover. It's like I'm in my kitchen. So, okay, gang, I feel like I'm sending you all off into the world right now to go make the flowers. 
And if that's what's happening, have fun. Everybody just have a good time with it. Be gentle with yourselves if this is new for you. And really, I mean, I want this to feel good. We want this to be healing and helpful. This is a no stress zone. So whatever level you want this flower learning to be at, have it be at that level. Do what feels good to you. Okay, that's it. Until next time, happy flowering. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. Tune in next week for more flower goodness and learning. If this podcast was helpful for you and you know someone else who would benefit from the flower learning that's happening here, please share this podcast with them. You can send them the link to this episode right from your phone. See you next week. Bye. Bye.